spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaids, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall, ye shall, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Gloria a Dios, porque estos no están borrachos como vosotros piensas, siendo ahora tresta del día. Mas esto es, hallelujah, esto es que fue dicho para el profeta Joel. Y si era por esos días, dice Dios, Dárame de mi espíritu toda sola carne. Y vestos hijos y vestos hijas profesarán y vestos mansos verán visiones. Visión de mis servios. Aleluya, mis servios en aquellos días. Aleluya, dárame mi espíritu. Entonces, aleluya, entonces, aleluya, oído esto. Fueron compingados en el corazón y dijeron a Pedro. Y los otros apóstoles, veros hermanos, ¿qué hacemos? Y Pedro les dicen, arrepentaste y bautízase en el nombre, en el nombre de Jesucristo, Jesucristo, aleluya, y recibiste el Espíritu Santo, aleluya, porque esto es, aleluya, porque para vosotros es la promesa, aleluya, para vosotros hijos. Y para todos que se están lejos, para cantos del Señor, nuestros Dios, llamen gloria a Dios. Oh, let's all raise our hands and worship the Lord tonight. Ending, I want to say once again, we thank you. That comes from the bottom of our heart for being here this week, for making this conference what it is. If it wasn't for you saints and you pastors and evangelists and preachers, praying folks, and worshiping folks, this conference wouldn't be what it is. We don't take it lightly. We are glad that you're here. And uh, our only agenda is to have a spiritual conference. There's nothing political about this. There's nothing self-motivating about this. It just is we want a place for the whole family. In fact, I think it'd be good right now if we just stopped and prayed for all of our apostolic families. Let's do it. Dear God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this family atmosphere that we feel. We pray, God, for these families that's represented here. God, that your touch and your anointing and your blessing, your protection would be upon them. Praise God. Praise God. And I want to say this. Our weatherman said that the fog has come in early this year. Every once in a while, every so many years it'll do that. It comes in early and it has. You want to be careful uh, in this uh, fog. You really do. Turn your lights on and drive uh, carefully. And may God keep his hand upon you. Well, 
it's been great. And to God be the glory. Praise God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your giving. And these that have ministered here, Brother Alviar, Brother Weeks, Brother Howard, Brother Copeland, Brother Calhoun, Brother White, God bless these men. They were right on target. Praise God. We have a very, very capable man coming tonight, Brother Johnny Godair. He is known all over Pentecost, and he is loved. I just wish I had. Now, I've got the Holy Ghost. He's got the Holy Ghost. I've been baptized in Jesus' name. He's been baptized in Jesus' name. I, he's under the blood. I'm under the blood. But there's something in his spirit that I wish I had. People just love this man. I mean, I mean, he can preach and just preach and just skin everybody alive. They just, oh, just love him. Praise God. I think he must use a sharp, he uses a sharp knife, and I guess my chainsaw gets a little dull. But anyway, but I, I don't know of any man in Pentecost that I respect any more than this man. I, I tell him, I said, one of these days, one of these days, I'm going to retire from pastoring, and I'm going to come to North Carolina, and we're going to drink a lot of iced tea and eat a lot of fried chicken. We like iced tea and fried chicken, he and I. But you know what? It'll never happen. We'll, both, we'll probably both go till we drop. He and I have known each other a long time. Our paths have crossed. We've preached together, prayed together, prayed for one another's kids together. And, but I tell you what, it's been a good journey. Glory to God. It's been a good journey. We want Brother Johnny Godair to come tonight and deliver his soul. And we're glad his good wife, his good wife is with him. Brother Godair. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's praise the Lord tonight. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Martin, and praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord, everyone. It's great to be in Fresno again. Great to be in this West Coast Conference. I have thoroughly enjoyed these services from the very beginning. It's been a tremendous blessing. The very first night, Brother Alviar preaching, mighty sermon, Brother Weeks yesterday morning, Brother Howard and then Brother Copeland last night, Brother Calhoun today, and topped off by a marvelous message by my friend Brother Phil White. What some preaching, my goodness. Have you ever heard any better preaching? Praise God. Great preaching, great singing, great music, great worship. A lot of these preachers are good singers too. Oh, I tell you, I wish I could sing a little bit. I'm telling you, a lot of these, these men can not only preach, they can sing. But it's a joy to be here. I'm glad my wife is here, and I love and appreciate her very, very much. And uh, we'll be married 40 years next April. And... Um, <clears throat> She is um, 
She is my best friend, and I love her very much. Good to have my first cousin, Brother Mike Luke, and his wife here from the state of Washington. Amen. His, his mother and my dad are brothers and sisters. They're both still living. We're glad to see them here. And then brother and sister Steve Buxton have been babysitting my wife and I this week, taking care of us. You know, when you get as old as Brother Martin and I, you know, somebody's watch out for you. And uh, brother and sister Buxton have been a real, real blessing, real friends. We appreciate them so much. Isn't God good? Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for the hospitality, the beautiful room, and the fellowship, all of these good things that we've been enjoying. And then to be with Brother Von Martin, I want to say from this pulpit tonight, and I'm not saying it because of what he had just said, I know of no man that I honor, respect, and appreciate any more than I do Elder Von Martin. I think we ought to give a hand to this great man of God, great man. Praise God. He is absolutely one of, one of a kind and such a great man of God. I esteem him so highly in the work of the Lord, and it's great to be with him. We've been together several times, as you mentioned. I was in the meetings when they was in the church house. Man, I mean, we had some good services over there. Good services. They filled that building so full you couldn't get down the aisles. Then I had to come to the auditorium, and then I've been back several times, and it's always been an extreme joy and delight to be in this conference in Fresno. Thank you, Brother Morton, for allowing us the privilege to come. Delighted to be here. Talking about age, I read something the other day that maybe it's true that life begins at 50, but everything else starts to wear out, fall out, or spread out. There are three signs of old age. The first one this gentleman wrote was the loss of memory. And he said, um, I can't forget, I can't remember the other two. I forgot the other two. <laughs> you're getting old, he said, when you don't care where your spouse goes, just as long as you don't have to go along. <laughs> oh, me, I, I, I was reading some of this the other day. He said, middle age is when it takes longer to rest than it does to get tired. <laughs> By the time a man is wise enough to watch his step, he's too old to go anywhere. <clears throat> Amen. You know you're in the middle age when you realize that caution is the only thing you care to exercise. <laughs> you're getting old when you're sitting in a rocker and you can't get it started. We are going we're going we're gonna to drink that iced tea that fried chicken. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, it's good to know the Lord. Good to know the truth tonight. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And whom the Son has made free is free indeed. Let's rejoice in the truth of God. Let's lift our hearts and rejoice. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's open our Bibles tonight 
I want to read from Genesis chapter number 40. Genesis chapter number 40, and I'll read at verse number, start reading at verse number 20. Genesis chapter number 40 and verse number 20. And it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all of his servants. And he lifted up the head of the chief butler and of the chief baker among his servants. And he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again. And he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. Now I've read from chapter 40, verse 20 through 23, book of Genesis. I want to talk a little bit tonight about Joseph. And I trust that you'll just open your heart with me. Elder Morton, would you come back and pray for us? Lord, we thank you tonight for the servant of the Lord that you give the word of God to. We pray, God, that your touch and your anointing would be upon him and upon us to receive the word of God. Thank you, Lord. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. God, speak to our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Well, let's make a joyful noise to the Lord tonight. Let's everybody just make a joyful noise to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you for standing. You may be seated, and God bless you tonight. In Genesis chapter number 37, the Bible tells us that Jacob loved Joseph, who was the son of his old age. And the scripture also tells us that he made him a coat of many colors. That's quite familiar to all of us that have read Genesis. And as a result of that and some other things that happened, the brethren of Joseph were jealous of him. And the Bible says they hated him. They hated him. Sometimes we're jealous when the father seems to favor some of his children. Amen. But there is a way to get God's favor and God's blessings. I thought his brother Clank was talking here a few minutes ago about faith. As children of God, we should never do anything that does not require faith. We should never do anything that doesn't require faith. Because if we do anything that doesn't require faith, then we're doing it on our own and not by the help and the power of God. Amen. The Bible speaks about jealousy. In fact, the scripture says that 
Jealousy is as cruel as a grave. Jealousy will destroy a church. Jealousy will destroy a marriage, a family. I've seen it happen. Jealousy will cause brothers and sisters to separate and divide from each other. God help us tonight that we would cleanse ourselves and rid ourselves of all spirits of jealousy. Doesn't matter who does what they do, to God be the glory. The Bible says that no flesh should glory in his presence. Everything we do, preaching, singing, worship, special singing, music, leading a choir, teaching a class, whatever we do, we ought to do it for the glory of God and for the upbuilding of his great cause and kingdom. Amen. Now the Bible talks about Joseph and it says that Joseph was a dreamer. On more than one occasion, Joseph was a dreamer. In one dream, he dreamed about sheaves that were in a field. And Joseph's sheaf stood upright and the others in the field did obeisance to his sheaf. And he told that. And it created jealousy in the hearts of his brothers. Joseph dreamed again, the Bible said. He dreamed about the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars, and how that they made obeisance to him. This was talking about his father, his mother, and his 11 brothers, and they were gonna bow down to him. And of course, this didn't go over very well with his brothers. They disliked him, they hated him because of his dreams. And on a certain occasion, the 11 sons were in the fields feeding their father's flock, and the father sent Joseph to check on them. As they saw him coming, they said, Behold, this dreamer cometh. They didn't say that in appreciation, our value of what he'd done, but rather with disdain, they made this statement, behold, the dreamer cometh. And in their spirit, they decided they'd kill him. Praise God. I know this has been preached about a lot of times, but if you've got a dream in your heart of doing something for God, don't you let anybody stop your dream. Hallelujah. And I'd say to the home missionary pastor tonight that's just beginning a church, or maybe you've just been there a few months or a few years, the devil's trying to place a spirit of defeat and discouragement in your life. Don't allow the devil to destroy your dream. Praise God. You've got a dream of, of a house full of people You've got a dream of altars filled. You've got a dream of folks getting the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. You've got a dream of folks baptized in Jesus' name. You've got a dream of building 
a strong apostolic church. And to someone here tonight, the devil's trying to thwart your dream and stop your ability to dream. But I'm here tonight to say, keep on dreaming and keep on trusting God. Hallelujah. God will bring it to pass. And so they wanted to kill him. And the Bible says that they decided they'd put him in a pit for a while, keep him there. And Reuben said, I'll eventually come and I'll get him out. He had good intentions. But in the meantime, there was a band of Ishmaelites, nomadic tribe of people that were coming through the country and for 20 pieces of silver, we are told in the scripture that these brothers sold Joseph down into Egypt. And the Bible says that they took that special coat of many colors and they killed the kid of a goat and they dipped the coat in the blood and brought it back to his father and said some wild beast has devoured him. And so this was their way of doing away with Joseph. But they didn't succeed in their efforts. You cannot stop the purpose of God. You cannot stop the plan of God. No, no individual or no group of individuals can stop the will of God. The will of God is going to be done. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. There's been people that's risen up through the years and have tried to stop the work of God. But the work of God tonight and the cause of God is bigger than you or me or any individual. Hallelujah. It's been said in this conference that Jesus said, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. For greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Praise God, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And if God be for us, then who can be against us? For there's neither height nor depth, nor principality, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor any other creature shall be able, shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus the Lord. Hey folks, we're on the winning side tonight. We might as well praise God. I said we're on the winning team. The church is not defeated. The church is not going down. The church is going up. The church will be victorious. Stay with the church. Let's praise God tonight. Hallelujah. Somebody shout praise the Lord. Now in Genesis chapter 39, the Bible says that Joseph was faced in the midst of his desire to do the right thing, he was faced with a major temptation. The Bible says that there was the master's wife that cast her eyes upon Joseph. 
39 and 7 of Genesis. And she said, lie with me. But he refused. Praise God, a young man in a strange place. But he took his stand. Don't tell me that young people cannot live for God in the year 2002. I don't believe that. Amen. And uh, I've heard some people uh, uh, talking about their teenagers and the young people and even say right in front of them, it's so hard to live for God. And they, they perpetuated this concept or idea that it was so hard to live for God, they actually got the kids to believe in it. Hey, mom and daddy, stop talking the negative. Praise God, your kids can live for God. Our kids can be saved. We can have a revival. I thought as I saw hundreds of young people standing here tonight, we can have revival among our young people. I kind of believe tonight with a lot of young men that's standing out here and young ladies that the church is still in pretty good hands tonight. I believe the truth is getting in the hearts of a lot of young men and everything is going to be all right. Woo. Somebody shout praise the Lord. The Bible says, as you're seated, said he refused and he said to his master's wife, 39 and 8 of Genesis, Behold, my master wanteth not what is with me in the house. And he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. He's trusted me. I've been entrusted with something. I cannot break that trust. I cannot break that trust that's been given to me. He said there's none. He didn't say this in a braggadocious way, but by the help of God, he said, there's none greater in his house than I. Hallelujah. Neither hath he kept back anything from me, but, but thee. Because thou art his wife, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And Joseph retained his integrity and his love for God in the midst of trying times. Hallelujah. And, and because of that, you know the story, she grabbed him to get him to lie with her and he would not. She grabbed his coat and she kept it. And then because of, of her being rebuffed by Joseph, she then turned the other way and said to her husband when he came in, that, that man you brought to, to live here, he tried to attack me. Here's the coat. And so as a result of that, he was put in prison. Praise God. But I'm gonna say tonight, no matter which way your life may turn, that all things are gonna work together for good. Praise God. I didn't say everything was good. Everything's not good all the time. But everything is going to work together for good to them that love God and who are the called according to his purpose. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. The Bible said in everything give thanks. He didn't say for everything. He said in everything. 
praise God. There's some things, Elder Morton, that I couldn't thank God for right then, but I could thank God in it. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The Amplified said, this is God's way of working out his will in your life. Clap your hands with me and praise God tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now then, now then, Joseph is in prison. And the Bible tells us in chapter 40 that both the butler and the baker had a dream. They were in prison also. They'd been deposed by the king because of various circumstances and they were in prison and the butler told his dream to, to Joseph and he said, in my dream there was a vine set before me and in the vine were three branches and it was as though it budded and her blossoms shot forth and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes and Pharaoh's cup was in my hand and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup I gave the cup to Pharaoh's hand and Joseph said to him, this is the interpretation, the three branches are three days and in three days, he said, he's gonna restore you to your place. In three days, Pharaoh is gonna bring you back out of this prison and put you back in your place. Now then the baker had a dream. Chapter 40 and verse 16. The baker saw that the interpretation was good for the butler and he said to Joseph, I had a dream too and I had uh, three white baskets on my head and in the uppermost basket there was all manner of baked meats for Pharaoh and the perch did eat them out of the basket on my head and Joseph answered and said, the three baskets are three days and within three days you're gonna hang from a tree and the birds are going to eat your flesh. Now then, we've got two men, a butler and a baker. One of them had a dream, the butler, and he's going to be restored. The other one had a dream, the baker, uh, and he's going to hang from a tree. That was the interpretation. Now, uh, I want you to look for a moment at the butler and the baker. The butler represented the wine. He brought the wine to the king. He was the man that brought the wine and in his dream he saw grapes. He saw wine in the cup of the king. So uh, in, in, in this particular passage we find the butler representing wine but the baker represented the bread. Praise God. And so they, Pharaoh said, I'm gonna, and Joseph interpreted the dream, and Pharaoh is gonna kill, is gonna kill the butler, but he's gonna spare the life, uh, or the baker, but he's gonna spare the life of the butler. Praise God. Wine in the Bible is a type of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Ghost. Everybody say praise God. I'm gonna to use tonight that bread is a type of the Word of God. 
How many appreciate God's word tonight? How many thank God for his word? Praise God. Praise God. Thy word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet. Thy word, O Lord, is a light unto my path. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Praise God. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Praise God. Now I want to say tonight, we need to make heaven. We need the spirit of God and we need the word of God. Praise God. We need the wine, but we also need the bread. Praise God, praise God. And I fear tonight that there's a spirit that's rising up in the apostolic ranks that says we want the wine, but we don't want the bread. Praise God, praise God, praise God. My generation is saying, we want the spirit of God. We want the power of God. We want to dance. We want miracles. We want signs and wonders. Charismatic churches are flourishing in many places because there's a good feeling there. It's a feel good religion. I'm not here to be mean spirited tonight, but I'm not a charismatic.
we're going to have a contemporary service. And you folks come as you are, you know. Now at 11 o'clock, at 11 o'clock it'll be traditional service. Now we'll have the early service, that's contemporary. And at 11 o'clock, we'll go back to our same old rut, and same old deadness. And for all of you folks that they're, they're, they're trying to say, for you folks that want a little kick out of religion or you want to feel good a little bit, we'll have a service for you at eight o'clock. But at 11 o'clock, it'll be business as usual. There's people in our midst tonight and throughout the apostolic ranks they want to shout. They want the gifts of the Spirit. They want spiritual activity. They want excitement. They want a lot of movement and a lot of activity. Praise God. But they want it without the bread. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And for the sake of of the tape tonight, my subject is restore the butler, but hang the baker. Restore the butler, but hang the baker. That's what my generation is saying. Now, now uh, wine will create a little excitement, but bread has been called the staff of life. And we must have it for strength and for survival and for well bodies. Now wine, they say, I've never tasted any real wine, but they say that wine makes you feel good. And on the day of Pentecost, Brother White, they were accused of being drunk on some new kind of wine. But Peter said, these men are not drunken as you suppose. Praise God, praise God. He didn't say they were not intoxicated. He didn't say they weren't drunk, but the intoxication was the Holy Ghost. These men are not drunk as you suppose, seeing it's but the third hour of the day, but this is that, this is that, this is that, which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Praise God. I said God will save anybody. God will save anybody that will come. Whosoever will, let him come and drink the water of life freely. Praise God. The door to salvation is wide open. I believe in revival. I believe in shouting. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I believe in the ministry that God has placed in the church. Praise God, praise God. And when I go to church, I want to feel good. I want to sing. I want to testify. I want to shout. I want to rejoice. But when it comes time for the prayer to be broken, I want to be able to receive the Word of God. Let God be true and every man a liar. Praise God. And so, in our generation, this is what's being said. Preacher, preach to me something that'll make me feel good. 
lady told me one time, she said, I don't like to come to your church. I said, why is that? She said, every time I come, I feel under condemnation. She said, I leave feeling bad. Praise God. I said, I got an answer for that. Wait, wait, get under that condemnation real quick. She said, what is it? I said, repent of your sins. Yeah. Just repent of your sins. Praise God. Get baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and get filled with the Holy Ghost and the condemnation will leave and you'll feel good in your spirit. Praise God. Praise God. I don't come to church feeling condemnation. I come feeling the joy of the Holy Ghost. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on a rock to stay. He put a song in my heart today, the song of his praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. You know, but that's what our generation's saying. Give me something that makes me feel good. Give me something, preacher, That'll, that'll, that'll make me feel good. Uh, uh, choir, sing a song. Sing the right song with the right beat and I'll shout. Now I just want to stop right here and say just for a moment, we don't need, we don't need, we don't need worldly singers on our platform. Thank you very much. Praise God. You may be seated. I don't care how good they sing. I don't care how good they play. If they're not baptized in Jesus' name and got the Holy Ghost and believe in one God and live in a holy life, I don't want them on my platform. Praise God. You may be seated. We got enough talent in our apostolic churches. We don't need to import the world to do our singing, to do our preaching, to do our seminars. Praise God. Praise God. If I'm gonna have a marriage retreat in my church, I'm gonna get an apostolic preacher to take care of it. If I'm gonna have a men's retreat, I want an apostolic preacher to take care of it. If I'm gonna have a choir to sing, I want them to be apostolic. You may be seated. You say, Brother go there. If we just let down the standard some, let the bar down a little bit, and start reaching out to all these folks, then we'd win a whole bunch of them. Let me tell you, that's a lie of the devil. We would not win them, but we would lose some of our precious young people and our precious saints when we let down the standard and bring it on our platform. We're not gonna win the world by going and acting like the world. 
We're not going to win the world by giving them the right hand of fellowship. I can love everybody, but I can't fellowship just everything. Huh? Praise God. I said we'll love everybody, but I can love people that I can't fellowship. Our fellowship is in the gospel. Love does not mean fellowship. Love does not mean fellowship. We just baptized earlier this year. Well, I started off last year. We baptized a young couple. I didn't know who they were that came to our church. And my son-in-law, my assistant pastor, started teaching them a home Bible study. He told me one day, he said, do you know who this couple is? I said, don't have the foggiest idea. He said, her daddy is the district superintendent of the Church of God for the whole state of North Carolina. Church of God, Cleveland, Tennessee. No Jesus name, you understand that? No oneness. In fact, there's a vehement hatred there. And so we baptized this lady and her husband. They was training him to be youth leader or youth president of their state. And we baptized him in Jesus' name. And I'd like to say tonight that they're still in church. They don't miss a service. He got a haircut and a shave. That's more than some people do in 10 years. Praise God, praise God. I said he got shaved. have a church and you can't grow a church. I get a little bit tired of hearing about growing a church. Brother, just have church and have a move of God. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. I said my generation wants to kill the baker but restore the butler. They want to keep the wine maker, but kill the bread maker. You may be seated. So we baptized them. They got the Holy Ghost living for God. They're in church now. And then uh, he brought man to church one night. He slipped around to me and he said, Pastor, you know who he is? And I said, no. I, he looks familiar, but I can't place him. He said he pastored the Church of God on the south side of town here for a number of years, right here in this city. Said he just resigned some time back and said he's here tonight. He's my friend. He said, I'm working on him. Praise God. I said, all right. The fact is that Church of God pastor came back. We didn't win him with dialogue. Praise 
praise God. I said we didn't win him by getting in a room and saying, you're a nice guy and we're a nice guy and we'll share with you and you share with us and you've got truth and we've got truth. You don't win people that way. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You win people by telling them the truth because if you don't tell them the truth, you really haven't won them. They're not won. Hallelujah. This, you may be seated. This man started coming and his wife started coming. And he been a few days uh, he wanted to get baptized and we talked to him did he understand it he said I understand clearly do you understand the difference in the Trinity he said I never did my life till recently he said I've got a good understanding praise God tonight that man is in a Jesus name apostolic church he's living for God he's going to church He's submitting to that pastor. After pastoring for years, he's going to a church. He's paying his tithes. He's living for God. Hallelujah. We don't win people by compromise. We've got to love people, but we cannot compromise. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I baptize. I say this not in the braggadocious way. It's not enough. I baptize over 20 Trinitarian preachers in my short ministry of a while. We never won one of them by saying, you're right and I'm right. We won them by saying, this is the truth. Jesus' name baptism is not about rights, it is rights. And the second person that is, it's the only way to be baptized and it's the only way to get your sins remitted. You may be seated. The Holy Ghost speaking in tongues is not an addendum to. It's not a PS. It's not a spare tire. It's the power of the Spirit. It's the birth of the Spirit that's going to get us out of here in the rapture. Some say, but Brother Godair, it's just a matter of semantics. I've had preachers to tell me, it's all in the way you say it. Just a matter of semantics. I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that baptism in Jesus' name is not a matter of semantics. It's not just some phraseology. We're talking about the name that's above every name. For neither is there salvation in any other but there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. If we're going to go into the rapture, we must be baptized in Jesus' name. We must have the Holy Ghost. We must believe that Jesus is God. 
He's not the second person of the Godhead. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. Shout with me tonight, praise And so, maybe seated, a lot of churches are trading the Word of God for a feel good. They're trading the bread for the wine. And you know, the fact is, in the kingdom of God, we need the butler and the baker. We need the Holy Ghost and we need the Word of God. Pastor told me the other day, he said, I don't have midweek Bible study anymore. And I said, why not? He said, well, we meet little cell groups. I said, we have cell groups every Thursday night. He said, I didn't know you did. I said, yes, sir, at the local county jail. I said, we have a cell meeting every Thursday night. We, we, we go right there to the cell. Praise God. You're going Tuesday night. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. I'm just preaching for myself tonight, not these men. And if the elder wants to retire me tonight, he can just retire me and I'll start eating my chicken now. Praise God. I think it's a sad day when we stop a midweek Bible study for just a little home get-together. Hallelujah, hallelujah. When I started preaching, it was revival. Seven nights a week, it was revival all the time. I know it's a changing world, but bless your heart, I need more than a Sunday go to meet in religion. Hallelujah. What else are we gonna borrow from the charismatics? You may be seated. I said, what else are we going to borrow from the charismatics? Charismatics said, you need some seminars. We said, okay, we need some seminars. And that's good. I need, in the right situation, we do. Yeah. Praise God. I'm going to be with this good man next week and, and, and teach, try to, his uh, couples in his church. Praise God. I'm going to enjoy that. Glory to God. But you ain't getting no Trinitarian preacher coming. Hallelujah. Then the charismatics say, we need cell groups. A lot of apostolics say, okay, it's working for them. Let's try it. Since when have Trinitarians become our pattern? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you may be seated because you can't get anybody out to church regular. But good old Jesus name, apostolic people, they say we'll not have a weeknight service. The truth is they wouldn't have enough to count when they had it. Huh? Praise God. Praise God. 
charismatic churches. I know I've had 2,000 on Sunday morning, have about 50 to 75 on Sunday night, and can't get anybody out during the week. And we're so foolish, we want to emulate the charismatics. It's a sad day in apostolic grace. Hallelujah. One apostolic preacher told me recently, said he was apostolic in Jesus' name. He said, on Wednesday night, I make sure I get my people out no later than 8.30. He said, I promised them, if you'll just come to church, please, pretty please. I promise you, I'll have you out at 8.30. And I thought, well, he probably starts about 6.30. I said, what time you start? He said, 7.30. And I said, what do you do? Oh, he said, we have some singing, and we have some music, and we have some worship, and we receive an offering, and we make some announcements, and I, and I teach. And I said, you do all of that in one hour? He said, yeah. He said, I promise my people, if you'll come on Wednesday night, I'll have you out at 8.30. I'm going to tell you, Praise God. The folks I pastor ain't going to get that promise. It's time for apostolic preaching, apostolic teaching. It's time to get the baker out. Hallelujah. Don't hang the baker. Don't hang the baker. Make some bread, Pastor, and feed your church. Hallelujah. So we, you may be seated. We pray to the, the good services and the word of God for a feel good. We traded midweek Bible study for sale ministry. say, are you preaching against that? You decide. You look like pretty intelligent people. Praise God. Hallelujah. I don't believe we need a cell group where we just sit around and share past experiences and share how we've been hurt and share how another preacher hurt us and share. That's a bunch of baloney. We need a man of God to get in the pulpit and say, thus saith the word of God. Don't kill the baker. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Let's don't kill the baker. Let's get the baker busy. Let's get some bread. Let's put some bread on the table. Let's feed the saints of God. But pastor, you may be seated. But pastor, if we could get the right singing group, the right song, with the right beat. One music director, talking to five more music directors full time, 
all of them full time. Said to his five friends, he said, we're more important than the pastor. I know for a fact this was said. He said, we're more important than the pastor. He said, when the pastor gets up and just things are not moving too well, he said, when they turn it to me, I can turn the crank. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you, I don't want to crank that kind of car. I'll go talk about the 40s now. I don't want to crank that kind of car. If your beat of your music is what's getting us going, we need to reevaluate who we are. I don't believe in rock music. I don't believe in hard rock, soft rock, any kind of rock. We don't need it in the church or anywhere else. I like this man singing. I like this man singing. Give me some words I can hear. Give me something I can understand. You can't worship God with that beat pop rock music. It incites the flesh. You may be seated. And if there's any young people here tonight or any other age that's got any rock music in your car or at home or anywhere else, you ought to make consecration to God tonight and go home and get rid of every bit of it tonight. Young lady told me, said, I don't like rock music, but my boyfriend does. When we get in the car, soon as church is over, he turns it on. And I said, and you're still dating him? My Lord, have mercy. Praise God, praise God. Be not unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. If he's listening to rock music, he's not a spirit-filled child of God. Drop him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's time for us to keep the baker alive. Let's don't kill the baker. Let's don't kill the baker. I said, let's don't kill the baker. Let's don't turn Wednesday nights into cell groups. Let's don't turn midweek into bowling alley services and ball teams. I talked to a Jesus name apostolic preacher last week. He said there's there's a, there's a team coming from another state and they're driving 500 miles to play my team. He said, while we're here tonight, my team's are playing and there's another team drove 500 miles to play my team. He said, how's your team doing? I said, I don't know. I don't have a team. 
And I'm not against young men, young ladies, getting out dressed right, dressed holy, living right, having some fun, playing some basketball. We got a family life center, but you dress right. No shorts. No pantsuits in there. You say you can't play ball if you're dressed like Pentecostals. If that were the truth, I'd never play ball. But praise God, you can have more fun living for Jesus than you can living for the devil any day. Praise God. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. And I thought when he told me that, they drove 500 miles one way, 1,000 miles to play ball. I wonder if those same people would pray in the Holy Ghost an hour if you called a prayer meeting. Hallelujah. Play a little softball dress right. Play some basketball dress right. Play some volleyball dress right. Play a little ping pong dress right. Praise God. Have some fun. Eat some pizza. Drink some iced tea and fried chicken. Praise God. Have you a good time. But we don't need, I'm going to say it, whether we don't need organized sports in Pentecost. Little League, high school, Pony League, college, professional. Do you believe that? You may be seated. Somebody said, Do you hear about that professional football player getting getting the Holy Ghost? I said, He's still on the team. Said, yeah. And I said, when I got it, I quit the team. I said, I didn't play another game. When I got the Holy Ghost and I was playing basketball, I quit the team. There's a lot of folks that are saying they got the Holy Spirit and they're jabbering in some kind of tongue. But believe me, my friends, there's a difference in the charismatic philosophy and in apostolic truth. A lot of activity, a lot of showmanship. Somebody told me of a Pentecostal church, Jesus' name, here recently where they all got out in the aisles and they were shouting, encouraged from the pulpit to shout and dance with other men and women in the congregation. Praise God. I don't think you have to teach Pentecostal people how to dance. We don't need choreography. We don't need practiced dancing. We don't need professional dancing. We don't need orchestrated worship.
Hallelujah. We need something that flows from the heart. Hallelujah. I said we need old-fashioned. There's nothing wrong with old-fashioned. Jesus' name, apostolic worship. We don't need orchestrated worship. We don't need choreography. We need apostolic power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout to God with me tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say praise the Lord. Somebody say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You say, Brother there. you preach like that, you'll never have revival. Maybe. Maybe not. Praise God. I told my son-in-law in the end of May, he's my sister, and I said, uh, I want you to get up a little something for us this summer. I said, I don't want a summer slump. I want a summer revival. I said, I don't want no slump. I want a summer revival. And so he got to working on it. I give him the credit. He put a big banner up there. Summer of fire. Big old banner. Put it across there. Summer of fire. Red under it. He put in big bold letters, come and burn in the sun. S-O-N. Praise God. Then he put some black paper all across one of the walls. And he said, for every guest you bring, we're going to give you a flame. It's about this big. Beautiful flame. And it stick on that paper. And uh, and it, it, would, it would attach itself to it. Had something adhesive on the back. And uh, he said, every time you bring a visitor, every Sunday night, we're going to put them up here. We're going to fill this wall. We're going to have a wall of fire this summer. And it's not worldly fire. It's Holy Ghost fire. Hallelujah. For the next 17 weeks, we average 126 visitors per week. Praise God, praise God. There's nothing wrong with us apostolics if we just get busy and get out there and go to work and do something, we can make an impact on our generation. Praise God. Praise God. Almost 200 baptized this summer. Almost 200, maybe a little over, received the Holy Ghost. And instead of slump, we had revival because somebody got a hold of it and said, we're going to have a move of God. We don't have to sit here and do nothing. We've got the power. We've got the name. We've got the anointing. We've got everything we need. be seated. I'm sick and tired of apostolic people saying we can't do anything. Nobody wants what we got. How do you know? They don't know what you got. We had 25,000 cards printed up. Summer of fire. Passed out all 25,000 of them. Had 10,000 or 20 maybe. I don't, want to, I don't want to exaggerate. It's either 10 or 20,000 handbills made up. English on one side, Spanish on the other side. He said, we're going to blanket this city. 
We're going to put ads in the paper. Praise God. I've been having fun. Praise God. Right in the middle of this Catholic priest messing up in all this business, I put a huge ad in the paper. Can you trust your preacher with your children? My Lord, I'm going to stir up some devil. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hey, we might as well do something. We might as well have church. We've got what it takes. Christmas magazine came out about the oneness people. I put a half page ad in the paper. Come Sunday morning. 10.50, hear the pastor explain the doctrine of the Trinity. You say you can't approach folks that way. I know you can't, but ain't nobody had enough, I don't know whatever the boldness to tell me. I ain't got any better sense than to try. I said, come Sunday morning, I'm going to explain Genesis 1 and 26, where he said, let us make man. I'm going to explain the right hand of God. And I listed about 10 things I'm going to explain. And Sunday morning, we had folks, the house was full, the balcony was full, Brother White. And when I gave just an invitation in, in just a low-key sermon with over 100 verses of Scripture, 10 adults that I didn't know walked down that aisle and said, I want to get baptized in Jesus' name. Praise God, praise God. You don't win people by compromise. You win people with the truth. I'm going to close momentarily. Maybe see sweet Catholic couple walk down, about 45 years old. They stand there crying, praying. The altar, and I went over, and I said, anybody invite you folks to church? They said, no, we saw you had the paper yesterday. And they said, Pastor, 2 o'clock this morning, they're standing there crying at our altar. Said, we won't get baptized in Jesus' name. Lutheran couple said, we won't get baptized. Presbyterian couple said, we won't get baptized. And this Catholic couple said, we were sitting at our kitchen table at 2 o'clock this morning and said, we was trying to, trying to unravel the Godhead. And we, got, we were so mixed up. We said, there's got to be some explanation. And they said, so help me, God. You read our mind. Every question we asked each other last night, you answered it today. We want to get baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. That's the kind of dialogue I believe in. Praise God. Yes, teach the truth. Preach the truth. Love people. Teach Bible studies. Knock some doors. Run a bus route. Go to a jail. Go to a rest home. Go to a prison. Get busy. Do something for God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. We've listened to the devil as he's made us to believe. You can't have revival. This is a different day. It's a different hour. It's a different time. You've got to use altogether different approaches. And I am for being filled with the love of God and loving people.
loving souls, teaching them Bible studies. Hallelujah. But I don't intend for the church that I pastor. Brother Morton and I are 62 years old. Praise God. Neither one of us intend for the churches that we pastor to sit down and just take it easy. It's time for apostolic people. We've got the truth. Now let's get up and do something with it. Hallelujah. Why don't some of you go home and start a bus route? Why don't some of you get a van and pick up some people? Why don't some of you use your automobile and pick up somebody for church? You say nobody wants to come that way anymore. I'm not saying, uh, God forgive me, I'm not saying, didn't, didn't intend to say it. But last Sunday, we had 795 that rode our buses. I'm not talking about a total attendance. I'm talking about that rode buses. 795 rode our buses last Sunday. You say, what are we doing? We're just having a meeting every week with these captains and workers. I meet with 114 workers every week, and I say, let's go out there, and let's run these bus routes, and let's win souls, and let's pray for people, and let's seek God, and let's have revival. Come on, clap your hands, Pentecostals. It's time to get busy. It's time to go to work. It's time to use the Word of God. Don't kill the baker. Keep the baker alive. Maybe seated musicians, would you come and get ready to play? Don't start, just just look like you're starting. Oh God. Restore the butler, but hang the baker. Let's keep the baker alive. That's where the bread comes from. Let's keep our pastors encouraged. Saints of God, encourage your pastor. Stay faithful to church. Pay your tithes. Stand behind the man of God. Don't let anybody talk against your pastor. Hallelujah. 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 I said, don't let anybody say a negative word about your pastor. Keep the baker alive and he'll bake some fresh bread every week. So what are we going to do with the baker? You may be seated. What's the baker going to say? He's going to give you the word. The baker's going to give you the bread. Word of God. Luke, he's going to tell you to repent. Luke 13, 3 and 5, except you repent, you'll perish. Luke 24, 45, repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. Among all nations, begin Jerusalem. Acts 2, repent and be baptized. In the name of Jesus Christ, you'll get the Holy Ghost. What's the baker going to tell you? Get baptized in Jesus' name. Matthew 28, 19, baptize them in the name. In the name. Come on, apostolics. In the name. In the name. Not names plural, but names singular of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And that name is Jesus.
Every baptismal service in the New Testament church was in Jesus' name. What's the baker going to bake? He's going to get to the Word of God that said you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is power. It's Christ in you. What's the baker going to say? He's going to say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. What kind of bread is he going to give? One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father of all, above all, through all, in you all. What kind of bread is he going to bake? He's going to say, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. That man that's baking the bread in your pulpit, giving out bread every Sunday, every Wednesday, whenever you have church, he's going to tell you to live a godly life separate from sin. Get rid of the pantsuits. Get rid of the makeup. I see in some so-called apostolic churches, the women's dresses are getting shorter. The sleeves are getting shorter. The hair's getting shorter. And the tongues are getting longer. Praise God, praise God. We need apostolic women that have long, uncut hair. We need men with a haircut and a clean-shaven face. Sit down for just a minute. You say, Brother Godair, you can't give me a scripture on a beard and a mustache. I may not can give you a scripture on how short your sleeves ought to be or whether you ought to have any sleeves or not. The Bible doesn't say, Brother Copeland, thou shalt have sleeves in thy dresses. There's no scripture on dress length that says thou shalt or shall not. But that's why you've got a bread baker in the pulpit. Feed the flock of God. Hallelujah. I want to tell you something, friend. I believe in apostolic authority. Everything don't have to be spelled out. It's all covered there in biblical principle. Praise God. The dresses ought to be godly. The sleeves ought to be godly. The hair ought to be long on ladies. It ought to be short on men. A man, man told me last week, he said, he said, I, I didn't like what you preached. I said, what part was it you didn't like? I figured there's several things. And so he said, about that beard, man told me last Christmas week, he came to me and he said, Pastor, you, you said I shouldn't have mustache or beard. And I said, yes, sir. He said, I don't have no convictions on that. I said, you don't? He said, no. I said, that's all right. He said, is it? I said, yeah. I said, I got enough for you and me both. 
And I said, until you get some on your own, use some of mine. He came back to church that night, had his beard shaved off, and still living for God, and still shaving. You need a man of God that'll spell it out, that'll talk about it, that'll enunciate it, that'll speak the truth. Hallelujah! Praise God! The Bible don't tell you, go ahead and remain standing, everybody. The Bible don't tell you how tight or how loose to wear your dress is. Hallelujah. I believe when you get right with God, I said, I believe when you get right with God, You're not going to look like you've been melted and poured in it. Huh? Praise God, praise God. We don't need tight form-fitting dresses. We don't need short dresses. We don't need short sleeves. We don't need short hair on women. We need godly men and women. Listen to your pastor. He's the bread maker. Don't kill the baker. Don't stop the voice of the baker. Musicians, play us a little something over there. What you got? Give me a little sound of triumph and joy over there. That's it, a little bit louder. Just praise God. Now listen. It's 9.30. It's 9.30 your time. It's 12.30 my time. I've already preached past midnight. Praise God. But some of you haven't moved a muscle in this whole conference. somebody would just turn loose and if you feel like running run you feel like dancing dance you feel like come on Pentecostals come on let's praise God tonight let's shout let's talk in tongues come on 